Are you ready to start this week's Colgate Coaches Show podcast? I sure am because we are talking Colgate women's soccer and Colgate football. Hope everyone in Colgate country is having a great day. This is Eric Malinowski, and we're going to kick this show off with Colgate women's head soccer coach, Kathy Braun. Coach, welcome to the Colgate Coaches Show podcast world. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. What's been the driving force, Coach, behind the seven-game win streak and 12-game unbeaten streak? I think the, the driving force behind it is this team is just such a cohesive unit with everything that they're doing on the field and off the field. They're driven in a way to not just play with one another, but to play for one another. They've really bought into what we're doing in preparation for each game, and um, and our, our leadership on the team um, is tremendous. So, you know, it, it's not something that we're, we're not talking about each of these things, but we do talk about when you do things, in a certain way and you and you take care of the details and you and you're doing things the right way not just on the soccer field but off of it as well then all of those good things soccer wise start to fall into place as a result of it and um we're seeing that play out certainly so far throughout the season how key is that mindset coach during a win streak because i would assume for some teams it could become a pressure-filled thing where you don't want to lose. You have a win streak going, and you don't want to be the player that makes a mistake, and that ends up costing the win streak. Now, obviously, you're in a situation right now where there's some pressure because you're at the end of the season, you're fighting for playoff positioning, and, of course, then it's on to the Patriot League tournament. But during the middle part of this win streak, Coach, how important was the mindset you just talked about to kind of keep the pressure off? You know, I think that mindset's everything because – um, and the mentality of it, as Mara was saying, is is so important. And I think too, I mean, we talked too a little bit about you know pressure is largely self-imposed, and it's a function of perspective. And so, you know, certainly um, as a coaching staff, we're not we're not saying you know we have to do this to keep this win streak alive. And uh, the players have a great awareness of what's going on, but they don't make that the focus of things because you know if if you if you as a team are playing not to lose, you know, invariably you tend to play toward that. And so um, I, I think, too, I just, I just think that what the players are doing and our captains are doing, like away from the field, um, whatever those conversations are, and I, I don't even want to know what they are, but, but you just know because of how this team is that they're awfully productive and positive because even in training, this group comes out so ready to get to work and get things done. And that doesn't happen if they're never thinking or talking about soccer, except for when they're actually formally at a practice or a game. Despite all the success Colgate has already had in the Patriot League, the top seed's still up for grabs. That's because Boston University 6-0-2. Is it kind of crazy to think, Coach, that at 11-2-3 and 7-0-1 in the conference, that so much is still on the line in the last game of the regular season? Yeah, well, the first part of that is that we, the good part of it is we talked, one of the things we did talk about, and we, we, we do talk about along the way is, you know, whenever you can, you want to sort of hold your fate in your own hands. And, um, and in fact, um, that's what we've been able to do this season. Um, we knew at a certain point that if we won out, that we would host, and we're still in that situation. So, um, you know, it would be, it would be nice, certainly, if um, if we had that in hand already. And but again, that would have taken 
something to happen that was out of our hands, and that would have been Bucknell um, tying or beating BU last weekend, and that didn't happen, and that's fine because we're still in the same place we were, and and there's so much parity in the league that every game this weekend um, there's something major on the line. There's ourselves playing BU for this top spot and the right to host, and then there's um, five teams still playing for the last two spots in the tournament. So, um, you know, it's pretty exciting when a conference gets that way. And as, as harrowing in a way as it can be, it also brings out the best in everyone. And so that's what I'm, I'm glad the league's at the point where we tend to bring out the best in one another and, and, the, and the terrific players rise up as to the really talented, together, cohesive teams. Not only an excellent matchup on the field today, Coach, but it's also senior day. So tell the podcast people out there a little bit about this year's senior class and what makes them unique? A lot of success, if there's going to be success, however you define it, it really comes from your seniors, regardless of what their roles are on the field. And so, you know, with some senior classes, maybe that's more obvious than it might be with this one. But that said, with these five seniors, I can't tell you how much great work they've done over the course of their four years here and most specifically last spring and into this fall, about just really kind of putting the finishing touches and the polish on our team culture. And that's something that um, has taken us as far as we've gone so far this year and will pay dividends for us down the road um, in years to come. Because, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if mentality and culture and those things aren't um, – in place in a really good way, in a really productive way, and um, a really kind of holistic way, then you're always just um, trying to reinvent the wheel. And with Martina and Natalie as two of our three um, captains, and then Asia, um, Laura Leonard, and Gianna Bustamante, the five of them have bought into everything that we're doing, and they've done it in a way where they're their messaging to the rest of the team is absolutely fantastic and it's consistent with what we're doing as coaches. But if the messaging is only coming from the coaches, you know, it's not going to get done. So I, I can't say enough good things about these five women and what they've done to be so loyal to their teammates, to our program, and just great people and student-athletes all the way through their four years at Colgate. From senior to freshman, a number of newcomers making contributions right away, Coach. What have the first-year players brought to this very successful season so far? Oh, they've brought so much. Um, and we've been we've been looking forward to this group getting here for quite a while. Um, you know, we felt like they had a bit of an edge to them, um, individually and collectively, that maybe we were lacking a little bit. Um, and they're certainly talented. But the other piece was we really felt like they complemented um, in all good ways the players that we had returning. We thought that they would um, come in and we knew they'd be welcomed by these older players and that they'd gain a quick understanding because of the examples that were there for them from the older players of what it meant not just to be a really good soccer player, but what it meant to be a Colgate soccer player and a Colgate student athlete. And they hit the ground running. They came in pretty well prepared fitness-wise, you know, they knew right away they were part of something special, and uh, they've been pretty unfazed by the stage that they've been on, and uh, it's been fun. You know, it doesn't always work out to mesh younger, talented players with older, 
returning players um, who also have a lot of talent like that, that can get um, contentious sometimes. And it was competitive without being contentious. And this team has gelled into this wonderful group. Um, and so uh, it's been just incredible fun to, uh, to go out to the field every day. Last time out, Coach Mara Cosentino scored the game-winning goal with 123 left in double OT against Navy. Talk about the game as a whole, Coach. The first 73 minutes or however long it took Mara to net the game winner and then describe the winning play for us. Sure. So just quickly, that was the culmination, uh, that game, of a week that I always call the gauntlet of, uh, the gauntlet of horror there because it's three games in eight days. Um, everyone in the league is doing it, but that's been the week that's tripped us up quite a bit the last couple of years. Um, so starting out on the road against Bucknell, we found the win there. And then Holy Cross, who we've tied and lost to over the last two years, um, that was a really big one. And they have a, they have a talented team, and, and um, we talked about that game being like a, a real potential turning point for us. And it's been a turning point for us for two years the wrong way. And, um, and so – we were able to um, to win that one, and uh, uh, no small thanks to uh, to Mara and her crew as well. And then, so now we go and face Navy, and when we when down there, which is um, it's a terrific venue. It's it's also can be a, a tough place to play um, in a good way, but it's not easy for a visiting team. Um, and then, you know, I thought we got that game off, and we started not quite how we wanted to and it was a pretty evenly played first half I mean, both teams are playing you know to to finish in first place there's so much on the line and there's a lot of pride on the line and quite frankly they've had our number for quite a while um we just have not played you know we have not found the results against them in a long time that we wanted so um so yeah there was there was all that and you know i thought as the game progressed we started to take over some bigger elements of it and then we could count on, you know, we can always count on this team, um, whether they're on the field or the players on the sidelines, they're very dialed in and focused on the task at hand and on supporting teammates and finding ways to win games. We just kept plugging away, and, and we talked about kind of at every break that we had, we really wanted to get to the end line and try and get in behind them, and we started to kind of crack the code a little bit a couple times in the second half, and and in that overtime, that second overtime in the 109th minute, um, Ellis Miller was able to gain that and get in behind and, and turn up and played a great ball into Mara. And Mara is so composed in those situations. And uh, she beat two players and tucked that ball. It went past the defender and tucked inside the post between the post and an, an outstretched goalkeeper for Navy. I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of room for error. But when you look at the composure that Mara um, did that with, you would have thought she had an hour to take that shot because it, it just, you know, those great players, time slows down for them. Goals get bigger and spaces get bigger, and we saw that unfold um, in that play. Now in your 28th season, Coach, so you've certainly been a constant for Colgate women's soccer, but I think we can now use the word continuity for the entire coaching staff. Coach Gibney, third year, and now Coach Manugian in her fourth year. Has to be good for the players, and you as a head coach, they you have assistants in place for a good chunk of time, and plus these assistants are people you have known for quite a while since they also played here at Colgate. Those two women are just absolutely phenomenal. You know, they were both terrific players in their own right, really good players, really good leaders, 
Alyssa won two Patriot League championships in her four years, and Jenna uh, won. Um, and they both have that bite to them as players and that, that mentality of loyalty and winning and, and being great student-athletes. Um, and, and obviously that doesn't get it all done as a coach. And their ability to um, step in and, and really enhance our program um, in the recruiting, in the day-to-day work at the office, in, out on the field with these players, um, and so much more. It's, it's really uh, it's incredible to me. I find myself sometimes stepping back and just saying, you know, how lucky am I to be working with them? Um, and so um, there is absolutely that continuity on the coaching staff. And, you know, we just sat down um, a little bit earlier over at Oliveri's Pizza and, and hashed out what we were going to do for practice today. And it really is all three of us um, kind of putting forth, you know, the ideas and then and then coming up with how we're going to divide up and, and how things are going to go. And, and I love that. I love that process. I love working with them. And the players respond so well to them, um, as do, as do the, the kids that we're recruiting and their parents. So, um, yes, continuity and cohesiveness is top to bottom all the way through this program. And it's, it's just so much fun. It's the right way to do it. And you should be enjoying what you're doing. And I think, uh, this year, by and large, we certainly are. Colgate women's soccer red hot right now, looking forth to continue this Saturday against Boston University. Coach, thank you so much for your time, and welcome to the Colgate Coaches Show podcast. I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate it, too. Thanks for having us. Take care. That is Colgate women's head soccer coach, Kathy Braun, and now it's time to talk to one of her star players, Mara Cosentino. Mara, first of all, tell us about the weekly awards doled out not only did Colgate receive the Goalkeeper of the Week award, but back-to-back for you as well as the Offensive Player of the Week. What was your reaction when that was announced? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty exciting because, I mean, we've obviously our team's been doing well recently, so it's nice to know that we're getting some recognition in terms of the Patriot League as a whole, and it just is a good reinforcement to show that our team's really been clicking recently and getting better and better with every game. And talk about the Navy goal, Mara. Obviously coming in crunch time, 0-0, double overtime. What was the design of the play? Did it kind of just come together at the last moment? Just tell the podcast listeners a little bit about that play. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at that point, I think everyone was just so tired because we had been playing for what, over 100 minutes of soccer. So I think everyone was just kind of hoping that we could put together one more chance with the time we had left. And it kind of just came out of nowhere, honestly, because I guess Dom threw the ball up the field to Ellis, and she did a really good job of getting by the Navy defender and getting to the end line, and which is something that Kathy is always emphasizing that was very important for us to do is getting end line and then cutting the ball back. And it just ended up working out. I was coming up the middle, and I realized there was no one around me. So... I called for the ball, and she picked her head up, and she found me. It was a great pass. And then it just, I don't know, it's kind of a blur from there, but I guess it worked out in the end. What makes you go in the second overtime? Is it pure adrenaline, or do you harken back to the days in the summer where you guys are working on your strength and conditioning? Just what's your motivation when, like you said, you're tired, it's double overtime, everybody should be tired, so it's gut check time. Where do you pull from at that point? 
I think at that point we were all pulling on the fact that we just all season long we've been working so hard. Like you said, all summer long we've been working. We had this singular goal in mind that we want to win as many games as we can in the Patriot League, and we knew that this was a big one in terms of where place like coming in places for the end of the season and everything. And I think we knew we had put together a good game so far, and we wanted to finish it out and come together and finish it strong, and we knew we could do it. We just needed that one extra little push, and I think just the whole team's mentality and everything really came together, and I think it really showed by the fact that we didn't give up. We kept pushing all the way until the very end. So, Taking a look at the stats, Mara, four out of your six goals are game winners. What about that late-in-the-game situation where Colgate is in desperate need of a goal brings out the best in you? I don't know. I think, honestly, I don't really think it's anything special to me. I just think it happens that I happen to be in the right place at the right time for certain things. And I think it really comes down to when you're in the moment, it's muscle memory more than anything. It's just you've practiced it a hundred times, you know, your body knows exactly what to do, so you don't have to think about it. Your body just kind of takes over, and it just kind of happens. All six of your goals have come in your last six games, which coincides with a seven-game win streak and unbeaten in the last 12. What do you think is behind not only your recent success, but the team's recent success as well? And I say recent success, but the team's been successful all season long. So just mm-hmm. kind of talk about your success and why the team is so red hot right now. I think the stats are amazing, and I think part of the reason that it's been going so well is because we haven't gotten cocky or anything. I think we've done a really good job of staying humble and understanding what we need to do and in the moment getting it done. And I think everyone just has such a good mentality this season, so I think the team is really coming together, and the team is very close. They're the closest team I've ever been on. So really is a family. So everyone's out there working for each other and working for the coaches and giving it everything we have all the time. And I think that really is helping and what's leading to the success we've been having. Is it kind of surreal that you guys haven't lost the game in Patriot League play and still everything is at stake this last game on Senior Day because Boston University is at 6-0-2? So, I mean, you've, you've done so much already, but with one loss... Boston University, I believe, will be hosting the Patriot League tournament and not Colgate. So just talk about the mindset going into this one. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that we've done all this so far, but it's still, like you said, it's coming down to this one last game. Um, but I think I think that that's good for us because I think that's what we like. We like when it's, we have something to play for. And with this game, we have everything to play for. So I think that'll be a really good motivating factor for us. And so we can, and it's senior day too, so we obviously want to win for our seniors, last home game and everything. So, and then with the tournament riding on it too, I think that just really gives us a lot of motivation to come out and do what we can. What has this senior class meant to your career? How have you become a better player thanks to the senior class? The senior class has always been the type of people that just give 100% all the time. So I think they've been really good role models for me and for everyone else on the team just because, say, you're having an off day or not your best day, and you see them, they're always working hard and giving everything. So it's always a little pick-me-up, and they're always great role models for everyone else on the team. 
And has uh, Coach Braun reminded you about the 3-1 loss to Boston University last year? Has that been talked about at all? <laughs> Not really. We haven't. We're mainly focusing on this year because last year was the past. We're moving on from that. We're a different team this year, and I think we have the ability to come out and do what we can do in this game. So. Talk about the preseason expectations for you, Mara, preseason Patriot League Midfielder of the Year. Did you think about that at all? Did you try to keep it out of your mind, thinking that it may get in your head and affect your season success, or did you embrace it? Just talk about how you handled the fact that you were named Patriot League Midfielder of the Year in the preseason. Um, I think for me, awards aren't a huge deal to me. I don't know. I'd say... I kind of just didn't really think about it much because I figure it's a preseason award. It means like nothing's actually been done yet, so we still need to go out and actually prove what we're capable of in the season. So I think it was obviously nice to be recognized and it's nice to receive those awards, but I think I was more focused on proving what we're capable of throughout the season. And after having a breakout sophomore campaign, Mara, what did you focus on in the off season to become an even better player this year? I'd say fitness is a very important factor, especially for soccer. And then I just tried to play as much as I could, get as much game experience as possible over the summer because sometimes it's hard to get. And I think getting touches on the ball, being comfortable with the ball, and just staying with it throughout the summer. As you head into the last game against Boston University, it is a home game at Byer Small 76 Field. What kind of a special home advantage does Byer Small 76 Field provide? I think it provides us a huge advantage, actually. We love playing on our field. I, in my opinion, I think it's the best field in the Patriot League. But I think, and then because it's senior day and it's during the day, so we'll hopefully get some fans out to the game. And I think that makes a huge difference because then we're playing not only for us but for kind of Colgate soccer, women's soccer as a whole and like everyone who's come before us and all the seniors and everything. So I think that will really help motivate us for the game. I know it ended up being a loss, but do you think the close call against nationally ranked Virginia in the first game of the season, a 2-1 win for the Cavaliers, kind of set the tone for the season and gave you guys an idea of how good you could be this year? Yeah, I think it definitely did. I think we really went into that game with a good mindset. We, we went in knowing that anybody can win any soccer game. It doesn't matter what your ranking is before the game or whatever. It all comes down to what happens in that game. And I think we did a really good job of, and we proved to ourselves even, that we could come together and play together as a team for a full 90 minutes. And even though, yeah, we didn't quite get the result we wanted, I think it really – gave us a lot of confidence moving forward in the season, knowing that we are a really good team and we are capable of playing really good soccer. You lead the team in goals with six, but let's talk a little bit about defense, Mara, and defense has certainly been the key. The last time the Colgate Raiders have allowed a goal, I believe you have to go, what, back all the way to the American game. So you haven't allowed a goal in the month of October. What has been the key to this stifling defense by the Colgate Raiders? Yeah, our defense has been incredible this year. I think they just are so solid every game, extremely consistent. And I think 
the key for them is that they just really play as a unit together. It's not individual efforts. It's all of them and everyone on the field even just playing together and defending together. And that way teams just, it's really hard to break it down. And you just, and then you have Kelly and goal who is a very good goalkeeper and does not let anything by her. So I think it's very much a team effort. And I think that's why it's been so successful. Why the number 14? Any significance behind the number, Mara, or was it just the number assigned? <laughs> yeah, when we were coming in freshman year, they gave us a list of numbers that we could pick from, and I don't even remember what numbers I put down, and 14 was kind of just what I ended up with, so now I'm sticking with it. What do you like or what do you miss about your hometown of Glastonbury, Connecticut? I miss definitely being with my family, obviously, and then... The town itself, I just it's, I know a lot of people in it, and it's just nice to have that sense of community and people that you've grown up with and everything. But it's pretty incredible here at Colgate, the sense of community you get to and all the people that you get to know and build relationships with. So it's pretty good here, too. And did you get a vibe that Hamilton had that sense of community while you were making your selection of Colgate University, or did that end up being a pleasant surprise, or was that one of the major factors of why you picked Colgate. Yeah, that was actually one of the major factors. I remember when I came on my first tour here, I came out of it, and I like said to my mom, I was like, it really feels like a family here. Like, everybody knows everybody, and everyone gets, like, everyone looks out for each other, and it's just a real sense of that community and, like, the looking out for each other and everything that I think that's really what I was looking for in a school, and that's why... Like a small school like this, I think, just works so much better for me. Let's leave the soccer field and head into the classroom, Mara. You've also had great academic success here at a very challenging academic school. Tell us what have been the keys to your success in the classroom, and also tell the podcast listeners out there, what's your major and why? So I'm a physics major and math minor, and I guess I kind of chose that because of that growing up, that was just what I was most interested in. I was definitely more of a science-math type of person. And both my parents are engineers, so it kind of runs in the family, I guess. But I'd say it's been difficult to balance it all, but it's definitely doable. You just need to obviously manage your time well and reach out for help when you need it, go to tutoring sessions if necessary. And it just if you put in the effort, it's not Mara, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck this weekend against Boston University, and hopefully we talk again soon. Thank you, Mara. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, that is Colgate women's soccer star Mara Cosentino on the Colgate Coaches Show podcast. Thanks once again to the women's soccer program for being part of this podcast. Now we're going to turn our attention to Colgate football. My guest at this time is Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt, and it's all about the number 13. Every single interview for this podcast this week is 13 minutes. This is Coach Hunt's great idea. Of course, 13 has great significance for Colgate University. Coach, did the number 13 mean anything to you before Hamilton? And what does that number mean to you now? No, not really. Not before. Not before uh, I got here, and uh, obviously I've been here so long. And uh, I, I just think it's one of those things that makes Colgate unique and differentiates us. And um, I, I'm just glad to see when when teams and programs run with it. Um, I think anything that can that can make you stand out from others and, and kind of be unique to your own product 
is always a good thing. So, um, you know, now any chance I get, uh, I try to throw that 13 in there. No points allowed by Colgate this past weekend, and I probably would be saying this, Coach, even if you guys did play. All kidding aside, though, how was last week with no game to prepare for? It's always good to get a bye, um, especially when you look at our league schedule. We're halfway through it, so it's, it's a good time to, to go into one. Uh, also, coming off back-to-back, very physical games against Bucknell and Cornell with a very physical game against Georgetown on the horizon. Uh, came at a good time. I think it was good for some of our players. I know a lot of our guys went home for the weekend. Uh, we gave them Friday off from practice, too. So, uh, you know, a couple of these guys really haven't been home since early in the summer. So uh, I think some guys, hopefully, you know, they got home, they recharged their batteries, got a little mom's cooking, and, um, you know, now we're back and, and extremely focused on these next uh, couple weeks here. Is it a bit on the unpredictable side what to expect from the players after a bye week? A little bit. Obviously, uh you know, it's kind of like you got to restart your engine a little bit. You kind of, you, you got to adjust to the game speed. And, um, you know, I remember I was asked about that when we had the unexpected buy um, before the Lafayette game uh, when, when I was talking to the people down at Lafayette. And I said, well, can I answer the question five minutes into the game? Uh, then I would know. And then in that game, five minutes into the game, we're up for 15 nothing. So uh, we started that game quickly and never looked back. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping, again, kind of the same thing, that we can just quickly get adjusted to, oh, okay, here we go, we're back, game speed. And, and just kind of at that point, uh, just go back and be about our execution. So uh, I think we have a pretty good record coming off of buys. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I seem to remember, uh, you know, each, at least for the last couple of years, like really hoping to get into the buy and then winning coming out of it. So hopefully we'll be able to continue doing that. Could that unexpected bye week give you guys an advantage that you have already been through it once this year? I think so. I think any time that you have familiarity with something, uh, it's an advantage, you know. So our kids have been through uh, kind of the, the, the bye week, the, the weekend off, the restarting, so they can draw. You know, is it a magic formula? Probably not, but at least it's not something foreign to them this year. So I'm going to look at that as a positive for sure, and hopefully we can, um, you know, re- redo the effort that we had coming off of that bye week for sure. How's the intensity been at practice so far this week? Uh, that's never been a problem. Uh, this team is uh, the hardest practicing team uh, that I've been around. Uh, Intensity is never an issue. Uh, at times, sometimes I worry the other way. You know, on days where we're padded, you know, it gets it gets aggressive. It gets it gets. Um, you know, competitive and, and which is what you want, you know, it's definitely what you want. So uh, this group has never been an issue as far as, uh, you know, not having, not having the right mindset when they walk out on the field to practice. And that certainly has continued through both last week and this week. Is that due to the group as a whole or from some specific leaders? Probably both. I, I think the, what happened was I think the leadership of the team kind of set that as the culture and, once that culture set is, hey, we when we practice, it's hard, it's competitive, we get after each other, and then people kind of, you know, it's like a wave. You get caught up, and you got to go with it, or else it's going to wash over you. So um, it, it's just kind of become the norm now that that this is what we do. So I would say now it's definitely a, a whole team thing. Early on, it probably was the leaders, and, and I put this whole senior class as leaders, to be honest with you. Um, it put them kind of saying, hey, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we do, and, and now we've done it for long enough to where everybody from senior years to freshmen understand hey you know this is how we practice how's the health of the team hanging into the last four regular season games uh good yeah we're we're in pretty good shape uh obviously when you get a bye you get to you get to heal up some guys uh you know there'll always be little nagging things here and there but uh you know going into november or the end of october uh i can't remember being being this healthy obviously you know the guys who were out for the year and javon and trevor that's 
that you're not going to change that. But you know, everyone else is uh, has been fairly available and nothing too serious. And you know, at this point of the year, everyone's got a little something. But I think we've really minimized uh, the nagging injuries to where we should be as close to full strength as we could possibly be. Where does Alec Wisniewski rank among the Colgate greats as far as hard hitting safeties are concerned, Coach? Have you seen since you arrived on the Colgate campus a harder hitter or someone that hits just as hard? We've had guys who have had hits like that and, and, and done it, but never the number and the consistency of Alec. I mean, I, going way back, you know, I think of Ron Hampton, uh, maybe Ainsworth Minot, uh, you know, a couple guys like that, but I've never seen a guy who really almost every week has a hit that, that sparks us, that, that picks us up, that, that brings everybody to life. And, um, you know, he was a kid, he did it in high school. Uh, so we loved him. We loved his recruiting film, and, and he's been able to come here and just continue to do it. And, uh, uh, you know, he does it at his own risk a little bit. Sometimes he's, uh, you know, he hits so hard, he, he knocks himself around a little bit. But uh, just a kid who just absolutely, you know, brings it. And, and one of the things that is unique about him is, is sometimes kids will go for that hit and miss it, end up giving up a big play. He's going to go for the big hit, but if he doesn't make the big hit, he's still going to tackle you, which I think is important. You know, it's, it's not always about the highlight. It's about getting him down, and, and he doesn't miss a lot of tackles, which uh, certainly is something that helps our defense. You were a longtime offensive coordinator here at Colgate. So what was your role, Coach, in the offense once you became head coach, and what is it like now since you are in year five? Has it changed, stayed the same? Pretty much the same. I mean, it's still it's still basically the same system that we ran um, when I was the coordinator. Uh, I do stay involved in it. Chris Young calls the plays, and um, uh, but I am involved with the overall game planning, and I will step in and make a, a call that I think we see and, and, and that I want to get run. But for the most part, I, I, if I've done my job, I've kind of taught the offensive coaches kind of what I like and what works, and then they add their own flair to it, which is important. You know, I think I want to see everybody grow as a coach, and uh, Chris certainly puts his own staple on on what we do. And uh, it's hard sometimes. You know, I have to I have to back off and understand that. You know, they've sometimes the the other duties of head coach kind of forces you to not quite be the film junkie that that you want to be. So you got to trust that the other coaches who are the film junkies they they know exactly what they're doing. So. Uh, I've really gone now. My mode kind of switches from solely offense to kind of overseeing offense, but then also game management, you know, fourth down calls, time management, clock management, uh, those type things, which, um, you know, certainly uh, is something that you do need to spend time on, and, uh, and, and, I, and I try to do that. It's going to be senior day in Hamilton on Saturday. The Raiders recognizing 28 departing seniors and pregame ceremonies on the field. Tell us a little bit about this year's senior class. I think the first good sign, and hopefully keeps leading to the results, is that there's 28 of them, <laughs> which means that this is a group that, that came in and stayed together, and, and, and most of them, most of the kids that came as freshmen are still here as seniors. At our league, at our level, that's what you have to do to be good is you have to develop and retain your talent and this group certainly did that and um, uh, like I've said I can't say enough good things about this class I was I was doing something with John Painter the other day and we kind of went over each senior and the same words came up team quality character leader it really describes almost all of them going through most of the kids were kids are kids that are they have a role. They're playing. There's very few guys in a senior class who will leave here not having been on the field quite a bit, which, again, that's what you shoot for. But I, I can't say enough about this class. Uh, as we stand right now, they are 18-3 and three in the Patriot League, um, which is absolutely phenomenal, especially when you consider, in my opinion, 
you know, one of those games for sure, I think we really did win, but uh, one of the three. But, um, you know, so they've just they've done what you want your seniors to do. They've led, they've won, and they've, they've done things on and off the field the right way. And we're talking about senior day. It's October, Coach. You also had no home games in November last year. But last year a little different as you had an off week in November. But no matter what the circumstance, it seems early to have your last regular season home game in October. Yeah, this is this is strange. You know, um, it, it's uh, it's normally, you know, you're a little bit further along in the year. And, and what we got to understand is when this is over, you know, we still got three more football games. Um, you know, our schedule is always always a little bit challenging. We never have a ton of home games. We uh, we usually play more road games than home games, which I think just lends to this attitude you know I think you know one of the things we like to say is we fight where we're told and we win where we fight you know so this group has a mentality of okay you know it's October we're done with our home games all right we're going on the road and 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 that's uh that's a good attitude to have you know but it's uh it is interesting that it's not even you know we're having to set the clocks back yet and, and we're having our senior day so you know we kind of got to get them past that conclusion feeling of a senior day a lot of times you know, you, you get done and you think, oh, you know, things are over. Well, we still have a lot of football left to play. So, um, you know, that'll be an interesting dynamic of it. But it, it still will be nice to uh, to give the senior class kind of the, the send-off uh, from Andy Kerr that they deserve. Do you like the noon start, Coach, compared to 1 o'clock, or are they pretty much the same in your mind? I actually like the noon start. Um, you know, actually – uh, this game was something, uh, Rob Scarlotta and I, the head coach of Georgetown, we kind of have a handshake agreement. He and I are friends and, uh, this is the longest trip for, for us and, and one of the longer trips for them. So we always say, hey, let's play our game at noon so the visiting team can, can get back at a decent hour. Um, you know, that's part of it with this game, but we've had a bunch of noon games. I like them because I don't like the dead time before a game. You know, it was up to me. We'd play 10 in the morning, you know, <laughs> but, uh, it's just a nicer, uh, you know, you're not waiting around as long. You're not, you don't have enough time to to kind of get all nervous and things, and I think it keeps your kids kind of on that routine of get up, breakfast, game, and um, and so I know that I I know that I love them, and, and I think our players do too. Georgetown three and zero, Colgate three and zero in the Patriot League. What makes this Georgetown team tick? Well, it starts with their defense. Um, they're another team. They have not given up a lot of points. Um, they actually lead the nation in interceptions. Um, and they're, and they're, they're hustle interceptions. Uh, when I look at, when I watch their defense, they're not just like, oh, uh, the ball's thrown, the wide receiver breaks on it, or the defensive back breaks on it, and the next thing you know, you have an interception. A lot of the interceptions are, Oh, somebody's made a move, put pressure on the quarterback, he throws it too soon, they make a play. Or the ball gets tipped by the receiver and Georgetown's running to the ball and they get the interception. Uh, this is by far of the teams we've played, and this, this goes for both their offense and defense, this team plays harder than any team we've played against. They, they bring great effort. Um, they play with an incredible tenacity, and they, and they want to be a physical football team. And uh, they've been winning games, um, it's particularly in the league. Kind of, it fits their mo. They're going to play a low-scoring game. They're going to, they're going to play field position and wait for you to turn it over and try to be opportunistic. And uh, so, I think it's really key for us is we can't turn the ball over. You know, that's been kind of our emphasis is, you know, and, and that's not just the ball security issues. That is run the right route, throw an accurate ball, protect the quarterback, everything that they try to exploit to get their uh, to get their uh, turnovers. And then offensively, I think um, they have a system that makes sense. You can see what they're trying to do. They're going to try to run plays that look similar, and the next thing you know, it's a counter or a play action off of it, and then they force you to be disciplined with your eyes, uh, they like to get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, the quarterback can make some plays. And, um, you know, so they're just meshing well. You know, their offense doesn't turn it over too much, and their defense is gaining turnovers, and that's kind of the recipe to win football games. 
I don't think too many people predicted in the league that Georgetown would be 3-0 and right now. Saying that, let's get some more comments about Coach Scarlotta. And I know when I talk to him later in the week, Coach, he will put it all on his players. But Coach Scarlotta, a remarkable job so far this season. Yeah, he does. He just does a great job, and uh, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, Georgetown obviously has some disadvantages within the conference, um, and but you will never hear him uh, kind of use him as an excuse or, or, or get in his pocket about it. He he plays the cards he's dealt with very well, and he's got a system. He has a plan, and I think that that's that's important. You know, and and I know his recruiting. He tries to find kids that the rest of the league's not looking at. He goes to parts of the country that the rest of the league doesn't go to, which is really smart. Um, you know, he, he recruits, he, he always makes sure he has good defense, which is, uh, obviously, as we're proven, is, is a great way to win football games. And he gets his kids to play hard and believe. And, and now with each win, you know, their belief and their confidence is going up. So, um, you know, I just think he does absolutely a, a fantastic job. And, and he will certainly, uh, you know, he'll get my vote for coach of the year for sure. Coach, as always, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Anytime. That's Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt on the Coaches Show podcast. Welcome back to the final segment of this Colgate Coaches Show podcast. And why not finish it off with a bang with one of the stars of the Colgate football team, the undefeated Raiders, James Holland Jr., star running back, joins me now on the Colgate Coaches Show podcast. First of all, James, how was the bye week? The bye week was great. You know, we, we took the time to uh, just get better as a team and focus on ourselves. Me personally, I spent a lot of time in the training room um, and just going over going over plays and just getting sharp mentally for, for this upcoming week. How do you feel, James? You've taken a lot more ice baths now as a senior than you did as a freshman? Um, This is actually the most healthy that I've been out of my five years being here, which is a blessing, you know. Can't complain about that, and um, I'm just hoping to continue the season healthy. The rain in the Cornell game, James, did it make it challenging at all? It certainly didn't look like it, but on the field, were there some cuts that you could have made if it was a drier surface, or just talk about that? One of the most notable things for me was just uh, the fumble. My hands and arms were a little wet when that happened. That's obviously something that we work on at practice, and I just got to do a better job of fixing that. And, uh, you know, over the bye week, I was actually working a lot on my, my ball security because, I understand how important it is to protect the ball. can't happen as a quick year. And ball security can't be an easy thing when you're running the read option. I would assume it takes a ton of practice. Yeah, absolutely. So five minutes uh, of practice where we're working on the, the zone read with the quarterbacks and uh, all the running backs. And last year we had uh, actually no fumbles on the year, so that was the expectation coming in. But, I mean, we, we fell short of that goal, but all we could do is control the rest of the season. Describe your 50-yard run against Cornell, James. Yeah, a lot of the things that we focus on is just pressing our gaps. For all the running backs, just pressing our gaps and staying disciplined. Our offensive line did a great job of just uh, washing the defenders out and just clearing the hole for me. Uh, the offensive line has done a great job this year. You know, uh, the first week we were a little shaky, but um, ever since then we've been clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, we want to put more points on the board, but that's something that uh, hopefully after the bye that we can accomplish. You went over 100 yards against the Big Red. Are you usually aware during the game, or it depends, or that's just something you find out after the game is done? Yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to those type of things during the game. Obviously, the most, the most important thing is just getting a win and just staying effective during the games. Uh, after the games, usually my mom or or some family member will come up to me and tell me, "Oh, you had this amount of yards," or you were short this many, but 
Um, it's not something that I pay attention to during the games. The most important thing is just getting a win. Not the familiar number two on Saturday against Cornell. Instead, you were wearing the number 30 to honor the great late Jordan Scott. What was that like, James? That was actually like an unreal experience for me. Um, when Coach asked me two weeks ago if I would mind being number 30 and uh, in remembrance for Jordan Scott, I was just like, absolutely. You know, that's an honor for me to be able to participate uh, and do that. Uh, he was one of the best running backs, still is the best running back to come through here. Um, just looking at his numbers, of, it's just unreal, uh, unreal accomplishments that he had. So it was a big game for, for the Colgate family, and I was just trying to trying to make the number proud and give some of the fans a little number for Jordan Scott. You certainly did that, James. I was curious, was that jersey especially made for you at five foot nine, two ten? Did you or did you have to squeeze in John Cox's jersey, who currently wears thirty, and his five seven two hundred? I'm not sure if I'm buying the two hundred, James. So. Did you have to squeeze into Cox's jersey, or did you have one made for yourself? Actually, kind of the weird thing about it is his jersey is actually bigger than mine. Um, I was surprised when, when Coach asked me. I was like, yeah, like maybe uh, just hopefully I could fit into his jersey because I was expecting him to have like a small, but um, my jersey is actually a medium, so it gave me a little bit more more room in there. Surprisingly, I know that's something the fans probably didn't expect to hear, but yeah, his jersey is actually bigger than mine. <laughs> Yeah, I certainly didn't expect that one, James. How does the current running back group make each other better, James? Oh, um, you know, every day in practice, uh, the mentality that we have is just to get better, have high intensity. You know, we know that as running backs on this team that we get the ball a lot, and uh, a lot of the things go through us. You know, just, just pushing each other every day, and all the guys have a good attitude, all the guys want to get better, and in meetings we're always asking questions just to get better every day. New running backs coach this year, Brendan Walsh, a former Colgate player, now coach. How has he been with the group? He's been phenomenal. He played here. I actually played with him, uh, which a lot of the guys on the team are surprised about. But um, he was a, kind of a player coach type of thing when uh, I was a freshman here. And uh, he was one of the, the close upperclassmen that I was with or that I had the chance to meet when I was younger. But um, he's been phenomenal. He's really on top of, on top of this stuff. Um, he doesn't treat me like, you know, he has a good coach relationship with me, uh, kind of can put the friendship aside, and he pushes me to make me better every day, and he's just been phenomenal this year. What's clicking on offense for you guys right now? Just the offensive line. Offensive linemen know that, you know, if they keep up the good work, that it makes our job easier. The skill guys, whether it's Grant, Grant throwing the ball or finding a, a lane, as we saw him have that big run last weekend, or if it's for the receivers to make make plays uh, downfield, but as long as the offensive line keeps it up, we feel that we can keep this going and this momentum going on offense. What can the offensive unit as a whole improve on, James? We feel like there's been a lot of games this year that we've left a lot of points on the board, um, whether that be turnovers um, where most of them have came from my end or whether that's came from, from dumb penalties. Just kind of beating ourselves is really the, the main thing that the offense needed to clean up and we are focusing on that, and there's been an emphasis over the bye week. What's been the difference since week one, the Holy Cross game, James? Uncharacteristic rushing performance by the team as a whole, but the team has certainly taken off since then and looked like a different unit when it comes to running the football. So what's been the difference since week one? Just settling down. Uh, Holy Cross, they had a completely new uh, defensive scheme. We were trying to, we were preparing for a lot of different looks that they gave us. Um, but they kind of they kind of did a, a pretty good job week one. But um, we grew from that experience, and uh, 
you know, we've just gotten better as a unit, and that just comes with practice and, and just getting after it and, and just striving to be better. And you're catching the ball more than ever before, James. I believe 18 catches already on the season. Ben has a good trust for all those uh, all the running backs to catch the ball. And um, Back in high school, actually, we had a lot of 7-on-7 seven seven where I would be lined up at slot because uh, 7-on-7 seven seven was a big thing in Florida. And I, I had the opportunity to catch the ball a lot, so I've always been confident in being able to catch the ball, but this year Grant's really just targeting targeting us and looking looking to us and we have no complaints with that what was your primary focus in the off season just getting stronger and uh working on my speed and quickness a little bit you know big a big thing that i was facing in the in the previous years was just injuries whether that be lower body um so a lot of ankle stability ankle mobility things in the summer just to strengthen strengthen my ankles as well as hamstring exercises and uh, my weight training coach as well as trainers have done a good job of just keeping us, keeping us fresh and preparing us for the season. Um, I don't want to jinx it now, but so far it's been working out. The injury that put an end to your 2016 season, is that relevant at all, or you never think about it and have no physical limitations from it? It was one of the injuries where all I had to do was really strengthen uh, my quads, my calves, uh, hamstrings, and um, those are things that I, I kind of already were the strength for me being a running back, so I focused a lot on my lower body. Um, so today, it doesn't. My knee never bothers me. Uh, that injury that I suffered then doesn't bother me anymore, and I'm I'm feeling 100. percent I'm feeling healthy. Is it hard to comprehend as a Division One player what the Colgate defense has done so far this year statistically? Oh yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Our defense is phenomenal. We we go up against them every every uh, camp, and then camp we have huge easy practices. Um, you know, we're we're a competitive team, so it doesn't matter if we're going against each other or cheering for each other. We we just want the best, and um, definitely going up against them all summer definitely brought the best out of us, and we feel like also them going against us as an offense also brought, brought, brought the best out of them, but um, our, our defense is really clicking on all cylinders, and we know the opportunities that we that we had coming forward, and we're just hoping to keep the momentum going. Colgate running backs never shy away from contact, and you definitely fit that mold, James, where you usually initiate the contact and you're the one that usually puts the hit on the defense, not the other way around. But saying that, every time you see an Alec Wisniewski bone crusher, how glad are you that 34 is on your team? Oh, man. Uh, having him on my team is definitely makes my job a lot easier. Um, he, he, he lit me up one time this summer, actually, and uh, actually like three three years ago. Um, that was probably one of the hardest hits that I've received from anyone on our team is both from Alec and you know he he's fearless. He comes down and just looking to just looking to hurt somebody, and uh, he does a great job of that. And definitely, I'm definitely lucky to have him on my team. That's for sure. The undefeated record, of course, very impressive, James. But it's equally as impressive that two of those wins coming against Colonial teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we actually look forward to those CAA teams uh, playing them and going to their their town because uh, they the CAA teams they. They're really like a basic defense, basic offense. Uh, they want to go and just, you know, out physical you. And, um, we may not look as big as the other teams in the CAA, but we definitely have the heart and our, and physica- physically we feel like we can compete with any team. So, um, that's the type of style of, of play that we love and, um, we actually feel benefits us, so. Georgetown coming into this game at 3-0 and in the league, a team that you guys beat up on the last two years. What is different about this year's team? This was some team, uh, they're flying around. Uh, they're playing, they're playing confident as they should be. They're 3-0 in the league, but, um, we understand that it's just about us and how we, we handle our business. And 
um, carry ourselves on the field. So we feel like if we play our best, our best game, that there's really no uh, no team uh, that can compete with us on here on out. But um, that all just comes with us, and we know that it's about us. So um, we're looking forward to this Saturday's game, and we're just hoping for another outcome that goes in our favor. Every year, Colgate does a great job as part of uplifting athletes. Tell us about this program, James, and what are you guys doing this year? So, yeah, uplifting athletes is something that, you know, we take a lot of pride in. And since I've been here, um, my freshman year, that's something we, we've been a part of, whether it's uh, scoring touchdowns or whether it's uh, in the weight room. But, uh, you know, the, the great cause that it is, that it's for. And um, it's just something we love being a part of. Where is Royal Palm Beach, Florida by? Where is it close to, James? Down in South Florida. So um, it's about an hour north or hour and a half north of Miami, hour north of Fort Lauderdale. Um, 25 minutes away, there's beaches by sunny South Florida. Um, actually, be thinking about it right now. It just makes me want to go lay out on the beach right now. But, um, yeah, that's what it's close to. I can't blame you there, James. And what about Nick Martinson? Now, I read Royal Palm Beach, Florida, and Nick Martinson's from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. They sound yeah. similar. Are they close to one another, James? Yeah. Uh, Nick actually lives about 35 minutes away from me. I knew of him when he was visiting. I actually hosted him for his official visit. Um, it was definitely nice to get him up here and um, to join the join the Colgate family and represent for Palm Beach. But um, yeah, Nick's, Nick's been phenomenal, phenomenal here, and I'm just happy to have him. I know your focus right now is on Georgetown, but tell us any future plans yet? Um, yeah, so um, I'm kind of just playing it week by week, but I'm just hoping that you know I stay healthy for the rest of the year. Or the rest of the season, my plans would be to go back home and get a trainer and uh, work on my speed. It's, uh one of the things that I feel like puts me puts me back for a next level opportunity. So that's something that I would just want to work on for for the rest. But um, if that doesn't work out, obviously the the alumni here are very helpful, and I've had many internships uh, here at Colgate actually in the athletic department. So that could be something that I want to pursue as well. But um, I'm kind of just taking it week by week, and hopefully just staying healthy. And my plan would be to just train for possibly the next level always great stuff from you james thank you so much i really appreciate it yep thank you have a good one that is colgate's james holland jr and that will do it for another colgate coaches show podcast until next time this is eric malinowski saying be proud to wear the maroon and white